Welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 126. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary. Going to be hanging out with you here for the next little bit. We have rookies reporting to training camp this week. It is big. Pads are going on, kind of. Helmets are going on, at least. We're going to have some fun. We're going to discuss what this means, rookie expectations to an extent, uh, how the Jets are going to focus on youth. We'll get into your voicemails and a whole lot of fun. But before all that, you guys know the drill. Is your crotch discomfort hurting your game? Fear no more. The kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Sleek, soft, comfortable, and flexible. The brand new Boxers 2.0 from Manscaped. Take your balls to the royal ball throne. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the lawnmower 4.0 for the trimming so you can wear the Boxers 2.0 for chilling. They even trademarked the jewel pouch, so you know it's serious. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your bulge breathe and get 20% off plus free shipping by using my code JETS20 at manscaped.com. That is J-E-T-S-2-0. Their boxers are my favorite pair that are in my boxer rotation. Anytime that they come up on the top of the dresser drawer, I know it's going to be a good day. So get yourself a pair at manscaped.com with my promo code JETS20, and you can get yourself something nice here. So on Tuesday, so 24 hours from this point, when this podcast is coming out, the rookies are going to be in Florham Park, New Jersey. Oh, I love it. Football is in the air. So we're going to talk about what it means. And yes, they're going to take things very slow, obviously. The next week, oh, so it's going to be just rookies for the first week. And then you get the veterans come in the following week. But this Jets team is going to be relying so heavily on rookies for this upcoming year. I mean, you look at especially the first two rounds of the draft, the Jets were able to package one of their second round picks to move up and back into the first round. They would then trade up in the second round to acquire the guy that they really wanted. So you have four guys right then and there who are going to be immediate impact guys. Beyond that, you still have some depth options after uh, in Jeremy Ruckert, who's going to be a developmental guy in the third round, more than likely. Uh, you also have, obviously, uh, Michael Clemens, who is a very popular choice um, and fan favorite, and Max Mitchell, who is uh, a developmental offensive lineman. But with four selections in the top 40, and yes, they ended up moving up twice uh, and still had four selections in the top 40, they're going to be very much so relying on those four guys this year. It's not going to be a slow build like, okay, yeah, these guys, you know, maybe in a couple of years from now you get them to where you want to be, which is probably more than likely what's going to happen with the, la the last three or the first three that I just mentioned right there. But Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, and obviously uh, Jermaine Johnson are going to be the four that are going to be utilized a, a significant amount. So what I wanted to do today was really just focus on what I think each one of their roles is going to be for this year. It's a rookie camp reporting, so I'm going to give my projections on what I think their role is going to be. Starting at the top with Sauce Gardner. I would expect him to be cornerback one this year. That is no surprise. Obviously, DJ Reed, who is a veteran, a young veteran, but still a veteran, is going to 
help out uh, Sauce and his uh, transition to the next level. But this is someone who I think can be good from day one uh, and someone who they're going to rely on and hope to be an impact guy. What I like about Sauce, many, many of the things I like about Sauce, but one that stands out that the Jets really haven't had here in a little bit is his ability to create turnovers. The Jets, for whatever reason over the last few years, cannot figure out how to intercept the football. And Sauce is very good at finding the ball and actually making a play on the ball, where as someone for as much as I like Bryce Hall, he is not nearly as good at making a play on the football. He's a good defender. He's solid. I like Bryce a lot, but what's keeping him from being a true number one and one of the reasons why they went out and drafted Sauce and then paid DJ Reed is because his inability to make plays on the football, which is just strange because that wasn't necessarily the case with him uh, in college. But at the next level, that's kind of exactly what happened. But very strange. But nonetheless, with Sauce, he's going to be someone who is relied upon right away. He's going to play big snaps. Um, and when you are a top four pick, taking fourth overall at corner, Coming to New York, that's a big, big, big expectations, and I think he can live up to that. Do I think he can win Defensive Rookie of the Year? I would say probably unlikely because of the position he plays. This More often than not, the Offensive Rookie of the Year goes to a quarterback. The Defensive Rookie of the Year goes to someone who gets after the quarterback. More often than not, that's the case. Are there exemptions to this rule? Of course. Uh, especially, I would say, this year on the offensive side of the ball because uh, there's no guarantee that any of these rookie quarterbacks start right away. Uh, so it might be difficult for them. So for this year, I, I, on the defensive side with Sauce, I would be surprised if he wins it, but hey, who knows? I, I just come in. That shouldn't be the goal or, or the floor or the expectation. My expectation or thought with him is just come in and be a plus starter right away and develop from there. If he comes in and is a plus starter and looks like a number one cornerback, I'm going to be happy. Garrett Wilson's an interesting one. It almost feels, and I made a video on it in the past week where I was talking about Garrett feeling like a forgotten man. Uh, because when you look at this draft class, the Jermaine Johnson trade-up gets so much talked, it gets talked about so much. Brees Hall and his impact gets talked about a ton. But Garrett Wilson is almost going under the radar here, which is kind of crazy to me because he was the number two receiver off the board. Drake London went before him to the Atlanta Falcons. I preferred Garrett Wilson over Drake London, so I was happy when the Jets were able to land him. Uh, and I think he's someone who's going to have a high floor. Now, does he come in and put up 1,000 yards in year one? That may be difficult because of the amount that the Jets are going to be spreading the ball around on offense in the passing game. And obviously, they're going to be a run first team. I think that's their ultimate goal here. Uh, but they are not going to have one guy, in my opinion, who, you know, balls out and goes for 1,400 yards. Uh, I think if any receiver on this team has a chance to go over 1,000, I would think it's Elijah Moore. But I, I think Garrett Wilson could come in and give you pretty much what Elijah Moore did last year for you, which, you know, the numbers don't necessarily jump off the page if you look at the full season. Uh, but there was a stretch where he looked downright dominant, and he obviously missed a ton of time. But if Garrett Wilson comes in and plays 17 games, can he give you 800 yards and five touchdowns? I think yes, uh, which is for a rookie, and especially in this Jets offense, which has been inept for a very, very, very long time. That is a major added bonus. I think he's going to be a focal point of this offense. And I think what excites me the most about him is the playmaking ability. Yeah, uh, Elijah Moore has it, but with Garrett Wilson, he can go up and get the football a little bit better than Elijah Moore. 
Uh, I think he's more of a down-the-field threat. He's just dynamic. He can do a little bit of everything, and I'm very excited to see him out there on the field. Uh, obviously, after that, they take Jermaine Johnson. They trade up to take Jermaine. And, I mean, you guys know if you followed along with me during the draft, which I'm sure most of you did, and I hope you did at least, I was very much team edge rusher and wide receiver in the first round. When they went corner, and this was my take all along, it wasn't that I disliked Sauce Gardner. I just thought that, hey, like with this defense, I, I think they are they need an edge rusher. And then they take Sauce, and then they take uh, Garrett Wilson, and I was sweating. I'm saying, all right, where is this edge going to come from? And thankfully, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala make the decision to trade up to draft Jermaine Johnson at 26, which I think is phenomenal value. Uh, and I think he's going to be very good. He's going to be a part of the rotation. They're going to move guys around a ton on that defensive line. I've seen some people say like they fully expect him to be a 10 sack or more guy or even eight sacks or more. I think that would be pretty surprising in year one if he did that. My immediate expectation for him as a rookie is to be a average starter. So very good against the run. Maybe someone who gives you like six sacks. And as a rookie, I think you take that. You take it every day of the week. The Jets' leading sack guy last year, JFM and Quentin Williams both had around six. It was like six or six and a half sacks that led the team last year. And if you're getting rookie Jermaine Johnson, who is good against the run, complimenting Carl Lawson uh, and getting six sacks, again, I think you take that. I think that's a massive improvement. Like that's That's good. That's good. Is it star level? No. I, I think that it's unfair to put that kind of pressure on him from day one here. Uh, it was someone who's the 26th overall pick. Uh, it's someone who I think could be you know very good at this level, but he still has some developing to do with in the pass rush side of things. So uh, I think he's going to be good, but I don't think he's going to be phenomenal in year one. We'll see how the developmental go- development goes. And the last guy that I really want to get into is Brees Hall. Those are the four, the first four guys who I think are going to be most involved here. Uh, Clemens, probably rotational. Max Mitchell, if everything goes right, back up. And uh, obviously with uh, Jeremy Ruckert, as much as I love Ruckert, um, I I think he's tight end three in year one. With Brees Hall, man, he is going to have a major impact on this offense. He was the first running back selected in this year's draft. Uh, and he has the potential to be a bell cow back. That doesn't necessarily mean that he is going to get 80% of the touches. I think you're probably looking at like 60% of the carries, the other 30 going to Michael Carter and the last 10 going to Tevin Coleman, like something like that for the running back rushing totals somewhere in that, uh, that vicinity. Uh, They're still going to use Michael Carter. I don't think he's getting kicked to the curb, but you're definitely going to see Brees Hall be a major impact guy here. He can catch out of the backfield, which having a safety net for Zach Wilson. So like Zach doesn't necessarily have to play hero ball. If things aren't there, dump it to Michael Carter, dump it to Brees Hall in this instance, right at the line of scrimmage, let them turn up field, get five, seven yards and just chip away. And sometimes you take that. For instance, last year against the Bengals, one of their best offensive performances of the year, the Mike White game, they took what the defense gave them, and it was dink and dunk stuff most of the way down the field. And there were shots there. Like, for instance, uh, uh, was it Elijah Moore in that game? Yes. Elijah Moore was open, and Mike White missed him uh, on what would have been a touchdown, but Zach Wilson's not missing that throw. Zach Wilson has a much better deep ball than Mike White does. Uh, But to Mike White's credit, he did a really, really good job of, again, just taking what the defense gave him in front of him. and It made a huge, huge difference in that game. 
so I think he's going to be utilized, he being Brees Hall, in both the passing and rushing attack. He's a different runner in between the tackles than what uh, Michael Carter is. Uh, and I think in short yardage situations and down on the goal line, he is going to be able to get over the hump and get in the end zone. One of the things the Jets struggled with is when they got down a lot around the goal line, Mike LaFleur had to get pretty damn creative at times to get them into the end zone. I think this year the offense is going to be able to not be as gimmicky. Still, You'll still have some of that creativity that we saw from LaFleur, but I don't think they're going to have to be as gimmicky there to get it to work. So those are my expectations for the rookies this year. Uh, and obviously them getting into camp here is the start of that. And we'll see these things ironed out. We'll see these roles be more ironed out as we go. But if I'm predicting what's going to happen, those are my predictions. I also, by the way, made 10 predictions. I wrote 10 predictions for the rookies on Patreon in an article. So if you're interested in bonus content, patreon.com slash Matt O'Leary NY doing bonus content over there. We got an extra podcast every week, Exit 16 West, where I'm interviewing a uh, Jets guest uh, and also written articles. And during the season, you'll have Jets analytics and deep dives on things like that. So uh, appreciate it. Thank you for letting me rant, not rant, but kind of give my expectation for the rookies. And now we turn it over to you, the caller. Let's get into those voicemails. All right, first up, Richard in Nevada. He wants to go Mackay Becton. All right, let's do it. Hey, what's up, Matt? It's uh, Richard from Nevada once again. Nevada. Uh, big Nevada, fan of your Nevada. show. Big fan of every single Jets uh, YouTuber. Um, look, Makai, I'm, I'm not buying he's 400 plus. I'm not really caring if a guy who's 6'7 is going to be 400 plus pounds. He's going to be a big guy no matter what. And I'm sick and tired of this Mackay Becton trash talk. We'll see how he performs in training camp. You know, let it let it happen when it happens. Let's stop the sensationalist crap. Let the guy prove himself. Frankly, so that's really all I gotta say. I'm I'm a big guy myself. I'm I'm a six foot but like three hundred fifty pound guy. I, I know what it means to be that way. I'm a big boy. <laughs> uh, I can only imagine a guy who's six foot seven being four hundred something pounds. That's that's probably weak for a guy his size. So I don't know, man. Um, I'm I'm tired of talking crap about the guy. Let's let's yeah. see it when it happens. You know, let's, let's, let's go from there. Anyway, thank you, Matt. Thank you, brother. Thanks for checking in with us here. Um, I'm with you, and I think really the only thing that's going to put this to bed is when training camp starts. That's why I'm so excited that we're finally in the month of July and we are inching closer to real football because I am so sick and tired of looking at these pictures online and trying to figure out, okay, is Makai back in in shape here or is he out of shape here? And was this picture taken this year? Or was it taken when he was back in Louisville in 29? Like I am so over that. I'm just over it. I want to see him back on the field. I want to see this team back on the field. And I think we've all reached a point now where it's just, we're done with the off season and it's a long, long, long off season, especially the last few years when covering this team, because the jets were pretty much in, in, in out of it in October, the last, Three years that we've been doing this. Yeah, they ended up going seven and nine in 2019, but they started like what one and seven 
they had this brutal start and then came on strong at the end of the year. And I, like, okay, that was a, a flash in the pan. It didn't really mean that much because it all fell apart in 2020. And last year, rookie quarterback injuries, rebuilt, you know, everything. But pretty much since November onward, it's been draft free agency talk. And then draft free agency draft happens. And then from that point on, it's all the BS stuff. And like, yeah, last week was a fun episode where we talked about the Zach Wilson drama and we had our laugh. And like, I'm just, I'm ready to move on from that and start talking about football again, like real football. So hopefully the Jets continue to give us a good product and a watchable product, because if they don't, then we are getting to that point a lot quicker. Um, That's just the reality here. It gets to the point where there were times last year we're doing game previews and the energy's just not there. People don't care. They're not as interested. And then, you know, in the midweek, you're doing a video on free agent targets or why the Jets should trade for this person or why the Jets should draft this person. And it's getting five times the views that, uh, that a game preview is. It's just I don't want that to be the case. I want people to be amped up each week for these games. I want people to tune into the reaction. I want people to call in with their reaction each week, week in and week out, and it not being about a coaching search or a new quarterback or you know anything. I just want it to be on the actual football itself. That's really not asking for too much. So thank you, Richard. Let's go, Ryan. He is calling in from Florida. All right, let's do it. Hey, this is Ryan King uh, out of Florida. What's up, man? Um, I love your show, by the way. And Thank I you. I make sure I get everything into this voicemail. So I do have a few things that I need to get off my chest. Uh, number one, I think that people forget last year we beat the Tennessee Titans and the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I think that people also forget that Zach Wilson won Rookie of the Year, or I'm sorry, Rookie of the Week. Uh, I believe it was three times last year. I know at least twice, but I believe it was three times. Um, and everyone's talking about, you know, him making a big jump forward or big leap in year two. Well, I mean, he did win rookie of the week three times last year. Um, if you take the last year's schedule um, and you look at, I know he only had four wins, but I mean, we only, we almost beat Miami the second time. Um, could have had the Eagles, definitely should have had the Bucks game. So if you give us those three games right there, um, you'd be looking at seven and 10 rather than four and 13. Um, I also wanted to point out the schedule. Uh, we know that being fresh and staying home and not being jet lagged is a big deal. Uh, the three preseason games, two of them are at home and one of them is in Philadelphia. So that's real close. Yeah. Uh, that means, you know, we're home a lot. Um, the first game, obviously, we open up against uh, the Ravens. Um, but the first nine games, Denver and Green Bay are the furthest that we charge or that we go out to. Um, the away games for the first nine weeks before the bye are the Browns. That's not that far. The Steelers, not far at all. Green Bay, I mean, it's a little bit further. And then Denver, obviously, being our furthest one. Um, the toughest point is, besides the teams that we play as far as travel-wise, um, would be the last two weeks, which is going to Seattle and then going to Miami. Um, but I did want to make that just relevantly clear that uh, 
you know, we do have a good team. And I don't think that even if this year doesn't go well, I do not think that uh, that Robert Sala should be in the hot seat. We knew that this rebuild was going to take a little bit and uh, build off of a draft and uh, fill in with free agents. And uh, that's why Joe Douglas and um, Robert Sala both signed a six-year contract. That's my thoughts and that's my take. Thank you. There you go. Thank you, Ryan. Um, yeah, I, I know Douglas was six years. I don't remember off the top of my head if Robert Sala was six years or not. I'd be surprised if they gave the coach six years. A um, couple things. I think that it's a valid point to bring up the travel because while they do have a tough schedule, they aren't going super far that often. The ones, the road trips that are difficult, um, obviously going to Seattle, that team isn't any good, but traveling to the West Coast, the Jets never play well on the West Coast. Uh, Denver is going to be nearly impossible to play in. Green Bay is going to be very tough to play in also. Those back-to-back games at Green Bay and at Denver, those are two very, very, very tough games. Very, very tough games. And while I see that they, they aren't going as far, they are playing in tough buildings to play in. Cleveland's a tough place to play. Pittsburgh's a tough place to play. Green Bay, Denver. Now, that doesn't change expectations. My hope is that they are an eight-win team this year. Um, I think if they win seven, eight, nine games, then you are, you're fine. That's a, a step in the right direction. But I don't think it is fair to give me so many reasons why this team was really better than a four-win team last year and then saying even if they struggle again this year, that Salah shouldn't be on the hot seat. If they are a stagnant, if they go 4-13 and 13 again and the quarterback struggles and the defense struggles again, like when is enough enough? When are you just going to go through the motions here? You have to show some progress at this point, and I think that they do that this year for the reason that you mentioned that it is an improved roster, and Salah should be a lot better this year, and Wilson should be better this year. And yeah, he won some Rookie of the Week awards, which was fun and was you know exciting, but there's no way around it. The numbers last year for over a season was not a pretty sample size. It wasn't. There were nice moments, but it wasn't consistent enough. So he has to take that next step, he being Wilson, in the consistency uh, market because it just, uh, unfortunately, it was not consistent enough over a full season. Uh, so we will we will see. I think that he is going to be able to do it, but it's definitely going to be something to take note of. So thank you to Ryan for checking in. We're going to go to Shane in New Jersey who wants to talk Garrett Wilson. Hey, Mr. Matt O'Leary, what's going on? Uh, Shane from Jersey giving you a quick call. What's up, sir? Um, I just watched your Garrett Wilson video, and all I wanted to basically call and back you of what you were saying was I, I just couldn't agree more. I was like you the whole um, off season. I, he was my guy. I wanted him. I was thrilled when we drafted him. Going back to draft night, I was a little upset. Not upset that we've gone over this. Like I was a little upset at the sauce pick just because I wanted Thibodeau. Seeing us take Wilson at 10 um, made me so ecstatic that I forgot everything. Now, obviously, we're at a great point. I'm thrilled with everything that's happened. But um, I, I love him. I love the way you explained it. Another thing, too, I thought about like watching your video and stuff is, quite frankly, 
I think he can fly Barry under the radar. And, again, even if he doesn't have a great year, like, we have Davis. We have Moore. The fans want to see Davis do better. They think Moore is going to blow up. Barrios is a complete fan favorite, so people get excited when he gets the ball in his hands. We have the tight ends. We have the running backs. Like, there's – honestly, I, I don't think there's much pressure on Garrett Wilson to go off. I think he will because I think he's incredible. And I think um, his floor is very high, which is something else I love. And uh, one thing I really liked about, you know, Zach Wilson when we drafted him is that he makes, you know, the, the other stuff, the little things look easy, and he makes the hard stuff look easy really well, too, just nuking the shit out of the ball. Sorry. Um, Garrett Wilson, if you watch those highlights, man, the way he just goes up and gets the ball, not everybody's doing that. Honestly, like, the best receiver in the league, like, the Jamars and stuff, like, that's who's doing it. That's who he looks like. I love Garrett Wilson, and my call is basically just to back you on everything you said. Um, I have high expectations eventually. I think he could be better than Elijah Moore. Um, I am so happy we have him. We have all these guys now. And if anybody is doubting him at all, just go watch his highlights. When in big games, he goes up and gets the ball. And another thing is that I think the only knock they might have had on him was that his route running is not good enough. If there was to be a knock on our receiver, I'd like it to be that because that's the one thing you could fix, kind of like Wilson. Zach and his, you know, short throws. Like, that's probably the easiest thing to fix. Garrett Wilson, absolute stud. He's ours, and he's going to be incredible this year. I loved your video on him. Thank you. You're going to love the podcast, and I'm going to listen and stuff. Keep up the great work, man. Hope all is well. Be good. Love the show. Later, man. Appreciate it, man. I, I, I mean, you're just, you're pretty much echoing what I was saying, so I, I agree. Uh, and I don't even think, like, that would be a fair criticism of Garrett Wilson, the route running, because I think his route running was pretty good. Um, one of the concerns that I saw was contested catches, but I think he is better at contested catches than a lot of people give him credit for. And he's just, it's just different than Elijah. And I said this many times and you probably know this if you're listening, I think Elijah might have the better year this year, but I think overall, I think Garrett has more upside than Elijah. And I like Elijah a lot. I really do. They're going to be a really fun one-two punch. And that's really what it's all about. This offense is going to be uh, different than what we're used to. There's playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. The Jets did not have playmakers on the offensive side of the ball for a very, very long time. 2015 was the last time the Jets had a uh, an offense that resembled an NFL offense, at least consistently. Uh, and especially the last couple of years, it's been really, really bad. And then injuries have derailed at other points. So yeah, I just can't wait to see like, I don't know what Mike LaFleur can scheme up with everything at his disposal. So pray for health, please. Let's go to our man, Travis from Ohio. He wants to talk about his buddy, Zach Wilson. Let's do it. Hey, Matt. What's up, dude? Travis from Ohio. Hey buddy. I called in last week before the brouhaha. So here's my take on Zach. Let's do it. I didn't get to leave it last week. In the immortal words of, the great Herm Edwards. Hello, you play to win the game, right? <laughs> yes. Let's talk about Zach's game. He's got more reps. Hello, he's got experience beyond his years. Hello, he's got different situ. He's been put in different situations. Hello, stamina. Hello, team building. Look at the tweets, man. The whole league wants to play with this guy, not just our team. Adaptability to new personnel. Hello. So, in the end, 
you know, I've been saying I love Mrs. Wilson for the last year. She's not going to pick any bad character. So, hey, <laughs> let's ride it out, buddy. Love it. Love you too. And go Jets. Bye. Thank you, Travis. We're on the same page here. This is nothing bad. It was a fun story. We got our laughs out of it. And uh, now it's time for some real football, right? But <laughs> you're right. It's... uh. It was fun. It was that. It was fun. the The memes are good. That's it. it. It's it was an off season story that wasn't heartbreaking or someone getting in trouble. Like we'll we'll take it. We'll laugh. They even seemed to laugh about it. I loved uh, Wilson's Instagram post where he's like, "Hey, I was you know in Idaho for the weekend working with my team. Did I miss anything?" I thought that was good. I thought he had a good sense of humor about it. So I love it. Big year in year number two for Zach Wilson. Let's do Vinny calling up next. Peak skill. Vin, what do you got on Zach Wilson, man? Hey, man. It's Vin from Peak Skill. I'm just calling today. I saw your video on um, everyone's underselling Zach Wilson. Before I talk about that, I got to mention, you keep getting your math wrong, dude. It's 236, not 235. 236 times 17 is 4,012. 235 times 17 is 3,995. Just thought I'd let you know. Really? And also, this is coming from a guy who failed his algebra regions three times. I mean, twice. I don't remember. <laughs> but that's not good. But uh, that aside, you know, I agree with everything you said. The, the, everyone's lowballing Zach Wilson is insane. Honestly, you could look back. Um, even further with uh, Ryan Tannehill in 2020 with his numbers in that year where Derrick Henry won the rushing title. He also put up, let me just pull this up, he put up 3,819 yards when Derrick Henry won the rushing title. So anyone saying that Zach Wilson's going to just go for around 3,500 or 3,600, I think it's absolutely insane. You know? Like the, the talents there, and he's going to throw me, like, he throws for that, I'd be severely disappointed. That's all, and um, go Jets. Oh, boy. All right, I'm glad we corrected, because um, you're right, 3,995 yards is not 4,000 yards. That was an egregious error on my part. That's that's on me. That's that's unacceptable. Um, we can't round it to a, a nice number. Two thirty six really rolls off the tongue. Um, but I I agree in that he should be a lot closer to four thousand than thirty five hundred. I think that is way 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 underselling. Um, I think that is just it's if your if your quarterback's playing sixteen or seventeen games, Zach can't throw for thirty five hundred yards. If he's playing 17 games and throwing for 3,500 yards, that's, I, I, I don't know. Even Jimmy G last year in an offense that loves to run the football in San Francisco, he threw for 3,800 and I think missed two games. It's it, It's got to be closer to that mark. It's really not asking a lot in 2022 now in, in this league at this point in the career, uh, in this point of the, the state of the NFL rather, uh, to be throwing for that. Close out, we're going to go Bobby from Colorado. He's excited about Zach Wilson and love the Idaho trip. 
What's up, Matt? This is uh, Bobby coming in from Colorado. Um, more of a less of a question, more of a comment, man. I'm just I am really excited about Zach Wilson this season, man. He's making all the right moves. I remember um, I was listening to your last video. You said it was kind of odd that they went out to Idaho and did that whole thing, but I mean, in my from my perspective, I think they're doing the exact right thing. The Idaho is you know mountain region, you know. You can get better conditioning up there because the elevation. And I think being remote and not really having cell service is really good for those guys to dial it in and really focus on, you know, gaining chemistry and camaraderie. And, dude, like, every great quarterback does retreats like that. And Zach, I think Zach's got it, man. He's got it, dude. So, I don't know. I'm just excited. I'm excited. Jets Nation should be excited. You know, Cougar Nation's excited. Let's you know, go. whatever. I think everyone's excited about Zach Wilson and – uh in one way or another, you know. So I'm excited, bro, dude. It's going to be a great year. Go Jets. I'm out, man. Take care. Love it. And obviously, you being out in Colorado, I, I would assume you're at least I'm looking at a U.S. map right now. Relatively close to Idaho. I mean, it's it's subjective, obviously, what close means, but a lot closer than us here on the East Coast. Um, I would love to go to the Wyoming, Montana area. Uh, it's... It's close to Utah too. Obviously, Utah's right under Nevada is right under Idaho. Yeah, it's like I, I don't know. I just think of Idaho as like a like a flyover state kind of thing, which is I guess probably more like Kansas, Nebraska, Dakotas. But yeah, Idaho, just an interesting place to do this event. And Wayne Gretzky being there was also kind of laugh out loud funny. But you're right. It's all about the team building and the camaraderie, which is why I went so hard after uh, Tiki Barber's comments this week about Zach. It was ridiculous. I don't know how you could possibly come away with uh, Zach Wilson being, quote unquote, uh, not not as locked in, not a film junkie, not trying as hard or whatever the quote is. It It was silly. He's putting the effort in. If he doesn't succeed here, it's not for lack of trying. It just wasn't meant to be. That's, I think that's the note we're going to leave it on. We're going to leave it on that. Episode 126 in the books. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wherever you got the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating, review. Really appreciate, really appreciate Excuse me, the love and support that you guys give. Really means a lot. We are getting into the season now. For reals this time. We have rookies reporting this week. We have the vets reporting next week. Let's go. That'll do it. I'm Matt O'Leary. Thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time.